Hello and welcome. This is Friend Request. I'm your host, Justin Lamb, and this is the Summer Series Personal Journal. And this week I am talking about alcohol. It is my annual kind of check-in. I just celebrated four years sober. And I think the one of the most interesting things about this is how my perspective has shifted as time goes on. So let's dive in and talk about alcohol. You and I have lots in common. My request is sent. Would you like to be my friend? It was June 24th, 2019 that I quit drinking and, you know, there was, there was a lead up to it. I had, I had a bunch of stuff scheduled and I I just knew like, oh, I want to quit drinking, but I want to, you know, do all the stuff first. I had a big vacation coming. I had a music festival. I had comic-con i had all this stuff happening so i i wanted i was like i'll do it after that um and like it just it just worked out um i know typically with any sort of addictive situation you know setting a setting a date or doing a last hurrah or anything like that very very rarely is successful um it is definitely frowned upon it doesn't typically work um but it worked for me and I think that's important to remember, and it kind of summarizes anything having to do with that, which is, you know, it's different for each person. Every, like, don't get me wrong, right? There's, there's AA, there's these structured things that have been around for years that um, seem to work for most people, but there's still an individualistic experience for each person, no matter what it is, whether it's alcohol or sex or drugs or gambling, whatever your addiction might be, it's how you get out of that is going to be different for each person. Um, And that's, that's one of the things that's a little hard for me when I'm talking to other people, because most people that I've encountered, and this is, I mean, this is all anecdotal for the most part. Like I know some stuff from school and I consider myself pretty well educated in a lot of subjects, but let's just for the sake of people yelling at me, just call this anecdotal information, but people quit drinking and go to sober groups, whether that be AA or otherwise, typically for pretty severe circumstances. They get multiple DUIs or they end up in the hospital or God forbid they hurt somebody or kill somebody, you know, like terrible shit. They, you know, their partners leave them and take their kids like very definitive bottoms. Um, and that's always a thing, right? Like what's your, what was your bottom? Um, and I get, I get asked that by a lot of, uh, fellow sober people, you know, like, what was your bottom? Like, when did you, and a lot of, a lot of normies, um, and just like problematic drinkers, especially problematic drinkers. I'll tell you what, if anybody, if you tell someone you're sober from something, whatever that is, and they have a lot of questions about how you knew you had a problem, those people likely have a problem too. And I 
good luck, I guess. Uh, <laughs> when I started going to therapy for some like behavioral uh, addictive behavior, behavioral addictive behaviors, just like some compulsive behaviors that lived in the world of, of addict brain. Um, I had a friend being like, Oh, tell me like he had so many fucking questions that I, I immediate diagnosis, you know? Um, and it's kind of like people I know are problematic drinkers will ask me, Oh, how did you like know you needed to quit drinking or like, how did you quit drinking? Or like, what was that conclusion? Cause I think a lot of people looked at me as just like your normal 30 something or 20 something. God, I'm so old now, but <laughs> like craft beer, bro. Right. I had a fucking beard and a bar and I liked IPAs like whoopty fucking do put me in a box. Um, and when I quit drinking, a lot of those people were like, wait, it, should I quit drinking? Like, what am I, what am I doing? Is this okay? And one by one, man, I just watched those fucking pins fall. And that's, I guess that's one thing that has only grown stronger with my separation from alcohol is just how prevalent and accepted drinking problems are. It's so fucked up. And I am starting to have some realizations though. So kind of like break this down, right? Um, let's take, let's take weed, for example, marijuana, if you will. Let's say you're a pothead. Uh, you smoke weed every day, all day. Um, you're going to be around other people that smoke weed every day, all day. Okay. That's how that works. Anyone who's done this knows this, but then if you quit smoking weed, you're going to naturally just not fucking hang out with those people. Cause for the, for the one thing, if you don't want to do it anymore, it's not going to be very easy to do that when you're surrounded by people that are constantly doing it. But for two, those people, the thing you had in common with them was smoking weed and you, you surround yourself with people that share your values and share your behaviors. Cause no one wants to walk around and feel like shit. No one wants to walk around and feel bad for themselves. So we just put ourselves in this cyclical bullshit where it's just, oh, I, I do this. This is toxic. I'm going to find other people that do this that also like maybe realize it's toxic, but don't acknowledge that or whatever that looks like. And then it's just like a, a this loop, this confirmation bias, this like, it's okay. You know, like murderers hanging out with other murderers. That's obviously a fucking extreme example, but that's, that's how that works. And I never really thought about it too much with drinking because yeah, I don't like go to bars anymore. And so there's definitely a handful of people that like, I just don't hang out with because all they do is go to bars and that's, that's fine for them, I guess. But then there's everyone else in my life right? These people that I've kind of surrounded myself with for years, some close friends. And as time goes on, I recognize how problematic their drinking is. And then I'm like, oh, these are more people that I brought in into my circle to make myself feel okay with the fucking stupid decisions I was making. 
And that's just getting more and more as time goes on that I'm realizing and seeing these things. And then I start to question, well, who the fuck do I want in my, you know, in my, uh, in my circle, in my, my radius, who do I want surrounding me that are representative of like who I currently am, whom, what my values are. And that's, that's difficult. And this is something like I've been picking away at. And that's why I want to do this, a three part episode on making friends at 40 years old. Cause it's, it's not <laughs> fucking easy, especially when you are a completely different person than you used to be. Because like, what is that? What does that look like? Not only are you introducing new people to this new version of yourself, but you're introducing yourself to this new version of yourself at the same time. Very meta. Uh, but the, so the, I, I guess alcohol not present in my life. Um, recognizing it so much more in other people. And especially when you just know like the medical and psychological um, diagnosis, uh, symptomology, the like signs, the red flags, and you see it in so many people, like so many people. And for the most part, society as a whole is just like, no, dude, that's just like, it's cool. Like, go buy a fucking dish towel that says, like, what's a wine o'clock somewhere? Um, and it's so, it's so wildly frustrating. But it's fine. It's, it's considered, it's just considered fine. Like, you don't think about the fact that any woman that has four drinks and guy who has five drinks is binge drinking. You know, that's not, you're like, oh, well, yeah, I don't sit there. And, but don't you? Like when you think of weekends and the lake and card games and grilling and being a bro or whatever the fuck that looks like, I, I watch people have four or five drinks all the fucking time. And like, <laughs> you are literally killing yourself and just numbing your ability to feel the emotions that humans feel, um, which is so fucked up. And I talked about this on an episode and I'm not trying to take anything away from fucking pregnant women. So let's not go down that fucking weird cancel road. But women don't drink, hopefully, during the course of their pregnancy. And in that, uh, there are definitely obviously hormones that impact emotionality. But I would be willing to guess that that lack of alcohol also opens up the ability to feel a number of emotions that you've been numbing for years. And you don't have to be like a fucking chug a fifth of vodka in the morning alcoholic to numb that shit, man. That's this. You can drink on the weekends and just the weekends and you're still going to be at that level. That's like, that's how alcohol works. It's frustrating because people really don't have any idea what alcohol does to their body. People refuse to acknowledge that alcohol is poison and that they're just like voluntarily regularly doing poison or they get apathetic and they're like, yeah, I'm also breathing the air and climate change is going to fuck. Like, yeah. Okay. No, like 
acknowledge what you're doing at least. And I think that's as a sober person and, and an educated person and someone who's like taken addiction classes and understands to some degree, the fucking pharmacology of this shit. It's so frustrating. Cause it's like, dude, like stop playing naive. Like, let me give you a bunch of facts and then you can decide if you want to still be like, what? Uh, uh. So, <laughs> just take a fucking breather. It drives me. It really drives me bonkers. So I guess that's like the biggest thing that just increases over time more and more is society's acceptance and promotion and perpetuation of alcohol and alcoholism and really terrible, terrible, toxic fucking behaviors. And the worst part is like the really frustrating, like tap into the fucking teenage punk rock, Justin anti-establishment version is it's there's too much money in it there it will never go away because there's way too much money in it people are getting wiser absolutely but then the they're like oh it's not healthy it's and then what happens we have sparkling water that has alcohol in it like oh guys don't worry about you don't need as many of those calories or anything here have have did you see simply orange like the orange juice company is now making simply spiked like what the fuck man what is going on here i'm waiting for hostess to just be like hey guys (laughs) twinkie vodka oh my god does that already exist fuck (sighs) so that's a bummer i hate seeing my friends uh struggle with an alcohol problem they refuse to acknowledge i hate the fact that I have clearly surrounded myself with so many people that struggle with substance abuse. Um, cause of course I did like, that's how, that's how that works. Right. That's a real fucking bummer. Um, but then the big shift as far as tracking, you know, my perspective and sobriety for those that have followed me on in the non-alcoholic beer world, um, last year, I guess for a couple years, I did non-alcoholic beer reviews because there's just like so much out there and that's awesome. I mean, that's really cool. And it's cool that a lot of like venues and stuff have, have an option now or multiple options. And that like for people that don't want alcohol and it's not just like, Coke, which is all sugar or fucking Aquafina. Now you have other options. That's great. But then I did, I did like, I was wearing me out, man. It became like a task. I had this giant fucking stack of NA beers in the fridge that I needed to review. And I was like, Ugh. and I was reaching my hundredth review and I was like, all right, I'm going to take a little break. See after that. Cause I'm, I'm in grad school now. And like, I could, I could use less on my fucking plate. So the new year, I think new year's Eve, I released my hundredth beer review. And then I was just like, talk to you later. Um, and I was talking with Elise who runs the sober curator and we were going to combine my responsibilities into like 
non-alcoholic drinks in general. So start talking about mocktails and I have like fucking four bottles of NA wine that me and Erica are supposed to drink and like discuss and write reviews for. And I just, I just don't care as much. <laughs> like I have so much NA beer in my fridge right now. And like once in a while I still like fucking yesterday I was at target and they had a new Sam Adams NA that, um, I hadn't seen before and I bought a six pack of it. I don't know when I'm going to drink it. And like, part of me is like, Oh, you got to review one of these. But I was like, do I? So it, that, that's been difficult. Um, cause it's just, it's another thing that I committed to because I was interested in and, and now I'm not interested in it anymore. <laughs> like, like I am, but not to the point where I think I need to allow it to take up any measurable amount of my time, um, which is a bummer in some ways. Cause like, I know I've helped a lot of people with that and I'm still very happy to talk to anyone that reaches out and ask for recommendations or, uh, you know, so many people reach out to me and tell me like, Hey, I want to cut down on drinking or, um, I can't drink or I quit drink, whatever it is. And they're looking for recommendations for non-alcoholic beers or non-alcoholic spirits or whatever that looks like. And I love those. So if you're listening to this, like do not stop reaching out to me. I love, 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 love making recommendations. I love personalizing those recommendations. I have that wealth of knowledge. If you tell me, Oh, I like, I used to drink ABC. I can like tell you the closest matches for those things in the non-alcoholic world. Like that is a talent I have through hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of reviewing and studying these non-alcoholic beverages, these non-alcoholic beers. So happy to do that. Happy to continue doing that. Um, but like on a one-on-one -on -one basis, I, I just recorded a review, a beer review when I was in Iowa cause they had, a local brewery that was doing a non-alcoholic beer and it was good and that's fine. But I don't know. I just, I'm, I don't have that interest. I'm not that excited when I find a new one, like it's really waning and that's fine. The only part about that that's not fine is that like, I feel like I've committed to that as part of my identity and part of me feels like a slave to my identity. Um, and that's like the old version of me that I'm pushing past, but it's, it still lives there, you know? And I think my tolerance for drunk people, <laughs> uh, has also diminished as time goes on. Like drunk people are the fucking worst, man. And don't get me wrong. I was the fucking worst. Like I was that person. And there's definitely, when I say that my immediate, like the second sentence I want to say is, but I was so fun and I was funny. And like, part of me believes that's true some of the time because, <laughs> because I was always so concerned about everyone else being entertained that that was like my goal. But like, that only gets you so far, man, when you're drinking, uh, the funny guy becomes the fucking annoying as shit guy or the guy that ruins everything or, you know, whatever that looks like. All of my friends have stories of me being too drunk and fucking ruining something. I'm sure. 
But that said, still drunk people. Ugh. <laughs> oh man, I went to a Counting Crows concert. Uh, at Freedom Hill, which is over on the east side. For you non-Michiganders, there's the east side of 75 and there's the west side of 75. And if you go down south on I-75, it's the east side and west side of Detroit. It's just... <sighs> east siders, I can't party with you, man. Because all the east siders I know is alcohol, man. And there's a lot... Of, and don't get me wrong, there's a lot of drunk people at all concerts... Um, this did feel like a very special brain of drunk people. Um, and it's just, I just am not a fan of being like, if I can choose to not be around that, I'm going to choose to not be around that. Um, cause what's the, what's the point? What are we going to have fucking valuable conversations that you're going to remember tomorrow? Like it's not for me. Um, I don't know if there's anything else to say. So four years without alcohol, pretty great. Feels good. Um, yeah. And I will say I've recently like been, I don't want to say dieting cause that has negative connotations. Um, but definitely like being aware of what I eat and ingest. And I think that also has been a background piece of cutting down on the non-alcoholic beer because like it doesn't have alcohol but it's still a bunch of fucking calories man um so i I think that definitely has an impact but it's been uh it's been good like i would recommend this to anybody uh if you (laughs) if you are like oh what am i gonna do without alcohol like i don't know man talk to somebody because that's 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 a big red flag right there the role it plays in people's lives. And all I want to do is tell people like literally everybody to quit drinking and educate them. And then I have to remember like, Oh wait, they're not going to listen to you and they're not going to quit drinking unless they decide that they're going to quit drinking. That is the most frustrating part. And the reason a lot of people are like, Oh, you're sober. Is that who you're going to work with as a therapist? Um, I mean, yeah, probably to some degree, because it's unavoidable, like whatever kind of anything you are, I don't care if you're a fucking cashier at Best Buy, like you're going to deal with fucking addicted people. (laughs) So yeah, a therapist is going to have fucking clients dealing with addiction. That's just how that pans out. Am I going to specialize in it? Fuck no. Because as an addict, I can tell you that is one of the most frustrating fucking populations out there. And that thing I just said about people wanting, like people need to want to change and want to quit. That's a huge obstacle. I mean, that's an obstacle in therapy in general, people like wanting to change, wanting to be better versions of themselves. But with drinking, uh, I mean, with, with drugs, it's one thing because society still like really fucking shames people for doing drugs. But with alcohol, like, unless you are, you know, like I mentioned earlier, you know, partner leaving with kids, you're in the hospital, DUIs, whatever, unless you're in that state, there's not a lot of people telling you that you need to quit drinking. So how are you going to decide to do that on your own if you're constantly getting that reinforcement from everything outside that it's fine? 
So no, short answer, no, I'm not going to specialize in addictions because it's, it's you versus the fucking world, man. And the world loves alcohol. And that is really frustrating. I'm all fucking worked up now. So <laughs> I guess that's my hot take, guys. Uh, that's an update. I know this episode's coming out a few hours late. Um, it's because I was in Des Moines, like I mentioned, drinking that fucking non-alcohol beer. But uh, and that's a whole other catch-22 because the non-alcoholic beer is from the same breweries that make the alcoholic beer. And then it's like, Ugh. For the most part, that's not entirely true, but like for the most part. So do what you want, but I would advise you to educate yourself and not accept things just because society accepts things because money talks, baby. Money talks. I'll talk to you guys next week. Oh. I just got my ADHD diagnosis officially. We'll talk about that in another episode. Okay, I love you. Bye-bye. You and I have lots in common. My request is sent. Would you like to be my friend? Would you like to be my friend?